0: Six, the AFL Players Association states this is the average number of years a player lasts in the Australian Football League machine. Some manage to integrate themselves into the coaching or media fraternities, but for many, the end of this period reflects a significant change in their professional and financial lives. The issue for many of our elite athletes is that the end of their careers is rarely on their own terms and is often somewhat unexpected.
1: Our next guest, Jack Drengove, was selected with Pick 2 in the 2009 National AFL Draft a prodigious footballing talent from South Australia. Jack quickly earned the respect of the footy world, seeing him appointed as the captain of the oldest club in the competition's history at just 20 years of age. An astonishing achievement. Frustratingly, Jack's playing career was hampered by a serious foot injury. For many, this would have been an opportunity to feel sorry for themselves and take a backward step in life. Instead, he remained observant and conscious of helping those around him whilst trying to get the most out of his career. His desire to make those around him
0: better has ultimately been the basis of his next professional chapter with jack successfully pitching and launching the elite athlete fund at Lanyon asset management he now holds the funds of many of australia's greatest athletes and ensures that when they reach the end of their careers they have some capital to show for it
1: hello and welcome back to the business of today we unpack with jack the logic behind and performance of the elite athlete fund Why he just loves the competition of the markets and the accountability that this brings. His willingness to embrace adversity in life and volatility in the markets. And he lets us in on a running joke at Lanyon. We hope you enjoy.
0: Welcome, Jack. It's great to have you on.
2: Yeah, thanks, guys. It's a pleasure to be here leading into Christmas.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Certainly. So, Jack, the first question we'd like to start out asking our guests is... What was their first job? As we gather, there's probably some sort of lesson you learnt or a good story behind it. So we'll start out with that. Uh,
2: Yeah, first job. um, There's probably no real good story about it um so growing up i grew up in the country so a place called narraport southeast of south australia and my mum was actually we had an indoor heater pool in the backyard and taught all the local kids how to swim oh, so yeah. i think that probably <laughs> classifies as my first job as uh being a bit of a swimming instructor and that sort of uh went on to me you know being a lifesaver at. Um, you know the the local sort of swimming lake and things like that on duty. So that's probably my first official job.
0: Oh yeah! Wow. Yeah. No. I was I, last thing I would have thought someone in the country would have is an indoor heated pool. But there, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was a bit of a luxury. I must admit. Oh, very nice. Because um, yeah, just going to your family quickly before we get stuck in. Um, the Trengro the Tre- Trengo family's very successful. Obviously, I think for those who don't know, but I think most most Australians probably would. Jess Trengo... Your sister is obviously a very good marathon runner, and then I believe—do you have another sister? Is it Abby or Annie? Who's Abby? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ab- Abby, who's a, a state state le- was a state level rower. But, uh, must have been that a seri- ser- serious serious competition in the backyard as a young as a young <laughs> Yeah,
2: there was plenty of uh, competition in the backyard, um, as you rightly said. Jess is uh, pretty well known around Australia. Um, and i guess globally now she's uh, yeah, yeah. uh she's done extremely well as a marathon runner and I'm- extremely proud of what she's been able to achieve and continues to achieve and then Abby sort of gets lost in it a lot of the time but if anything she was probably the most successful um, from a young age, she as you said was a state rower and then sort of got crippled by some back injuries Um, and she's still the real country girl at heart so she decided to go down that path and she's um, married a farmer up in the Flinders Ranges of South Australia and had four kids so yeah, um, (laughs) yeah, mum and dad were still wondering where we got the genes from uh, maybe the, <laughs> and that, was the uh, that was the joke that went around but, um, nah, they were both very good athletes in their own right
1: playing country for the netball yeah
0: nice alright well
1: yeah so um, Jack so your pathway to funds management is very unique so what drew you towards this career
2: it's a good question uh, I think you know it's probably something growing up I was always really motivated from an educational point of view and You know, I was keen to sort of um, take it as far as I could and, um, you know, trying to understand what I wanted to do in a future career. And I guess the footy thing sort of ticked along in the background and that probably became a genuine career possibility when I sort of turned 18 and was lucky enough to get drafted and end up in the AFL system for a few years. Um, But I was always motivated along the journey to, you know, mum and dad always said along the way that they, you know, Regardless of how successful you are in your footy career, and or how fortunate you are, if you get the opportunity, there's a whole another life after that. And um, so I was always keen on preparing for that. And uh, finance is something that's always intrigued me. Um, I'm a pretty curious person, and you know, finding different ways to make money um, has always been a genuine interest. And I guess you know, started a commerce degree. You do the the pretty vanilla subjects from the outset, and um you sort of figure out what part of um you know finance you want to be involved in because it is such a broad and and huge industry mm. um and then i guess i was drawn towards the equity markets because um i think there are a lot of similarities between sort of equities and you know professional sport in the fact that um yeah. you know they they can be volatile at times so you know there's no no day that's ever really the same mm. um and it's you know forever you know dynamic and changing which i really enjoy that aspect of it then it's you know, highly competitive so you know you're striving to find the next best opportunity and it comes down to how hard you're willing to work and you sort of um you know it's hustling with your mate next year to try to find that next best opportunity or, or get ahead um and then it's you know you're held accountable to your results so you know we produce monthly reports on how we performed within that month and you know you're play footy every weekend and you're yeah. judged on how you perform so you know there's despite the fact that you're sitting behind a death vest out in the footy field running around all day every day um there's quite a lot of similarities <laughs> which probably drew me to it and um yes yeah, men that my transition from footy into you know funds management has been quite smooth and um i love it and i think it comes down to as i said from the outset it's no day's ever the same. I sort of sit down and write a bunch of things that I want to achieve in the day and I don't think I've ever ticked every single one because oh, wow. there's always something happening, a company downgrading or you know, something from a macro level changes everything and markets just move instantly. So,
0: um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, well, I must say I certainly... Uh Used to keep a close eye on you because you're in my fantasy team for a little while, though. Yeah, no. Jack Trangrave, 90 points. I was yeah, <laughs> happy with that. We'll take yeah. that. Consistency, yeah, eh? exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, so we'll yeah. Be- so you, so you spoke um before we hit record about how you're loving the volatility in the markets at the moment. Um, do you want to just speak about that for a bit? As I would have thought that you know, for a lot of fund managers, you know, volatility might be something that they probably don't prefer. So can you just speak to why you've been loving the markets at the moment and stuff like that?
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, from a, I guess, an investment philosophy point of view where Atlanian and me personally very sort of value-oriented, so, you know, looking for companies that are backed by sort of assets and they generate high levels of cash flow, strong balance sheets, and we buy them at what we think are cheap valuations, and we think there's a pathway for them to reaching their valuations. So, yeah. you know, we're not – we're very patient investors and quite conservative, some would say. So we're not going to buy a company that we believe is overvalued just for the sake of owning it. So yeah. I guess with volatility brings great opportunity, and that's why volatile market, markets are great hunting grounds for us because um, companies that – sort of potentially overvalued from a pricing point of view um, might come back into our territory where we can potentially buy them because they've suddenly been mispriced because of whatever's been happening from a macro point of view or, you know, the company specific. So, um, yeah, we – are lucky enough to be able to hold a bit of cash in our portfolios at times as well. And I think, you know, very broadly speaking, over the last few years, we think markets have been quite expensive. Yes, you know, there's been little opportunities here and there, but... Largely, we think markets have been quite expensive and um, so we've held a fair bit of cash throughout the last little period, which in volatile markets, that's really beneficial to be able to you know, jump on an opportunity when they arise. So that's probably why we like to see a bit of red on the screen at the moment because we're sort of cashed up and ready to sort of pounce when the opportunity arises.
0: Um, you spoke there about holding a lot of cash. Now, one thing that interests me a lot is... Um, Who's cash you're actually holding at times, and I know I, without without you disclosing it, I do know that um, a fair few of the top line AFL players are with you guys. And can you speak a bit about that elite player fund that you guys formed?
2: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I guess. I got introduced to Dave Prescott, who's the founder of uh, Lanyon Asset Management, at the start of 2018. So I was still playing at Port, finished my uni degree, and I was keen to get out and do some work experience on my day off. Um, A lot of players sort of get out in the golf course or play the Xbox or whatnot. I was keen to sort of try to prepare for what's next um, once footy's finished. And so I started coming in here one day a week and just sitting on his shoulder and trying to learn sort of the industry and try to pick up as much as I could and I guess throughout my footy career I realised that there's probably a bit of a gap in the market I think professional athletes are very comfortable with investing in property uh, Mm -hmm. yet uh, sort of reluctant to invest in equities um, mainly because I think a lot of athletes find it quite confusing and it's a bit harder to understand like with property you can sort of see it touch it feel it understand Mm -hmm. the ins and outs and I guess it's the so-called Australian dream to own your own home. So yeah. it's a lot easier to understand, whereas equities is sort of looking at lines on charts and not understanding how you sort of make money in any situation. It can be volatile. People can lose a lot of money very quickly if they're not sort of smart with it. Yeah. So I thought, why not try to break down that barrier and open up a fund or a vehicle for athletes to gain exposure to the equities market because there are so many benefits to um, investing in stocks. Yeah. And so I thought, why not try to create a vehicle that does exactly that? So I proposed that to Dave. Um, was at in 2019 and we opened the fund in uh, September 2019 so we've been going for a little over three years now and as you said it's uh, a fund that's set up specifically for past and present elite athletes and sporting organisations because you know I was continually seeing situations where you know teammates, coaches, other athletes um, getting to the end of their sporting careers and having nothing really to show for it from Mm. a financial point of view so you know why not put some money away in a conservative vehicle and let compounding interest to its thing. And then hopefully you've got a nice little pool of capital sitting there
3: yeah.
2: in a number of years time that you can access to sort of alleviate that financial stress. So, um, yeah, it's been very rewarding. There's over a hundred athletes in there now, predominantly AFL players, because that's sort of my background, but
3: yep.
2: you know, there's Australian domestic cricketers, soccer players, golfers, Olympic athletes, tennis players, sort of the list is growing. and um, yeah, it's
0: been been a lot of fun. Oh, it's awesome. And I suppose the, your willingness to pitch something like that so early in your um, in your career at Lanyon, um, a lot of young people probably wouldn't have that sort of that sort of courage to do. Mm-hmm. What? Um, and it's probably something if it, if Will and I we were looking through through your history at Melbourne, you were made captain at twenty. That's never been something. Your age has never been something that you've been scared of. If you saw. If you saw an opportunity for an organisation that you're involved in to add value? Have you always sought to really, really, you know, pursue it?
2: Yeah, it's sort of funny. I've never sat back and reflected it from that point of view. Um, But I guess it probably makes sense. Um, Yeah. I guess the thing about, you know, my personality is that sort of everything I do, I want to, you know, I'm all in so to speak and I want to do it to the best of my ability so if I think that you know I can add value somewhere then I want to try to add value and I sort of feel like the moment that you think you're not adding value anywhere you might as well do something else I guess that's sort of always been my opinion and Mm. you know there's always that you know I'm always reaching for sort of you know high goals and Trying to achieve as much as I possibly can. So, um, you know, when opportunities present themselves, I'm the first one to put my hand up because, you know, I think I can do a good job at it. And, you know, if you think about the situation with the captaincy at Melbourne, um, you know, I was showing signs of, of, you know, showing good leadership so to speak at training and that sort of lead up to the
3: Mm. um
2: fighting in the leadership group um i don't necessarily think that i was um the number one man at the time like internally but Mm. i guess as the preseason went on and my name sort of kept getting put up there i sort of it was one of those situations where they said look you're the man for the job, are you willing to have a crack? And I was just like, well, if no one else is willing to, I'm going to go for it and just do it to the best of my ability. And that sort of continually happened throughout my life, I guess. And Mm. the situation here at Lanyon, I sort of saw a gap in the market and thought I'm going to be the one to try to fix that and try to help that issue that i sort of... Observing, and that's why I sort of jumped at it. So I guess there's a bit of courage involved, um, maybe stupidity, but (laughs) um, uh, I'm just keen to try to help others where I can and it's putting me in these situations. Mm.
1: Yeah, so just back on that elite athlete fund, um, has it been difficult, like, getting people to – like, initially, was it difficult to get people to invest their money? Because obviously, you were saying before how a lot of people are reluctant to invest in equities, a lot of those professional athletes – so it was a large part of your job, like educating them a bit as well as like other than just like finding good companies and places to to put their cash in. Yeah, it's
2: a great, great question. So the big part about this fund as well that I wanted to sort of try to emphasize, and hopefully I'm playing that role for <laughs> the current investors, um, is the education piece because I think the yeah. biggest, um, yeah. I guess, reason as to why investors are reluctant to invest in equities because they just don't get it. And um, that's, you know, it's not a bad thing. You know, I'd say the majority of people don't sort of understand equities and where the benefits lie. So the big part that I wanted to try to impart on athletes is probably just... Gaining a bit of independence and and getting them to actually understand what's happening with their money. Um, You know, there's plenty of investors out there that say, like, here's my money, speak to me in 20 years' time. Then there's (laughs) others that are like, I want to know every detail, you know, what are you thinking, why you're investing in that company, why you're selling that company. Um, So I'm trying to cater for both sets of investors, but the education piece is huge because I think what you see with athletes is, you know, while they're in their career of choice being a footballer netballer cricketer tennis player whatever it is they get looked after so well so there's a lot of people and a lot of um, I guess safety nets around them to help them through their career as soon as that day comes where they retire, finish up, get dropped, whatever it is, Mm. a lot of those mechanisms in place fall away and they sort of, those Mm. people go to the next best athlete and help them. So Mm. what I'm trying to do is make them understand and appreciate what's actually happening with their money or, you know, those sort of life skills so that they're prepared for when that day comes where potentially that support network around them, is less, they can still thrive and, um, you know, enjoy life and get the most out of themselves. So
3: that's sort of a, a huge element to this fund as well. Mm. It's
0: interesting to me the people side of this fund is arguably as large, as important as the returns. And obviously, yeah. the, obviously the returns are speaking for themselves because I, from what it seems, you guys are getting the people side right and understanding what they're trying to achieve. And then by having that clear mandate, that clear philosophy... You've de- delivered some really strong returns over the past three years. Can you guys speak to what some of the investments are that you've been really proud of, potentially, or um, why you think that why you think it is that you guys have p- performed so well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know, in terms of the performance itself, it's uh, yeah, it's been quite pleasing to generate you know strong returns for our investors, and I guess. Um, it's always not like the hardest part is getting people to invest their money with you, right? And I think it all comes down to that real trust element and mm. you know, I speak with every single investor in the fund and I've you know, sat down across the table from them and spoken about what I'm trying to achieve and I guess the investment mm. philosophy and mm. you know, a big part of it is also trying to attract the right investor as well. So, you know, for instance, I'm I'm not interested in investors that uh, want to give you a dollar today and take out two dollars tomorrow. We're not we're not in it for a quick fix. We're sort of long term investors, and you yeah. know I try to tell these young athletes that this is to pay for your kids' school fees or pay down debt on your house in 10, 15 years' time. Yes, you do have access to it and you can take it out at any stage, but in an ideal scenario, you leave it in for the long term. Mm. And I think that discussion is huge from the outset to sort of, I guess, give them the expectations from the start. And then... Yeah, as you say, returns is a, a huge part of it. If you're not generating good returns then people are gonna, you know, piss off and go to the next fund. So yeah. you've gotta make sure you're holding up your end of the bargain and touch what so far we've been able to. I think, you know, we've it's still quite a small fund, so um, you know, it, it gives you the opportunity to be quite nimble and and flexible with the way that you invest the money. It's not like you're having to worry about getting stuck in a particular stock because there's no liquidity. I yeah. think we sort of the current money that we've got in the fund, we're able to sort of go anywhere and everywhere, which is really beneficial. Um, you know, in terms of some of the the stock specific stuff and the companies that have done really well for us. Um, you know, it's still a large. Still, uh, one of our largest holdings today, but um, mineral resources. I don't know if you guys have come across that company, yeah, yeah. Justin.
0: Justin um, Langers. Justin Langers' joint. Yeah, he is.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's just got on board. Yeah, um, yeah really interesting. Uh, I don't know. Apparently, he's going to add a lot of value for the people culture side of things, which um, <laughs> I can certainly understand. But um, yeah, who knows? Time will tell. But yeah. that's just the classic sort of business that we love to own. So that, you know, got absolutely torched through COVID because the iron ore price fell away. And, you know, it was pretty much priced as though that it was going to go bust. And so, yes, iron ore plays a a part of a role within that company but it's got four big business segments the one that underpins the most of the valuation is mining services so they have contracts with some of the big tier one miners around australia and globally and yeah. they crush their iron ore so bhp rio and so forth so that's where the business sort of started they've also got their own iron ore assets and they're growing from 11 million tons to 55 million tons per annum of production over the next few years so it's a huge growth area there then they've got some of the best lithium assets here in australia and as we all know this electrification of the world lithium's become a really prized commodity so that's you know been extremely beneficial for them and then they've actually. More recently, just discovered the biggest on-field gas um, sort of discovery here in Australia, um, <laughs> which is has the potential to be huge. I mean, we've seen more recently with sort of oil and gas markets that it's a commodity that's um, you know the price, the spot price of both have sort of been quite volatile, but been really strong of late, and yeah. people are realizing how you know critical these sort of energy. Um, I guess assets have become, and I men have potentially, you know, found themselves a huge, huge discovery of gas, which that will hopefully, um, you know, there's going to be more drilling to come. But we think that that potentially adds a lot of value to the company as well. And it's found a founder-led business. Chris Ellison is an amazing CEO. He sort of mm. started it way back when, and it got down to sort of twelve dollars through COVID, which is where we are sort of buying it, and now mm. it's currently at eighty dollars today. But we think it's <laughs> worth. Of $120, so it's been, uh, it's easy to talk about your big winners, um, but that's been um, a stock that's been a big part of the portfolio.
1: Yeah. Do you want to talk about any of your big losers, or <laughs> are they, is that something we don't want to talk <laughs> about? Maybe, maybe, maybe. no,
2: no, no I'm, I'm, I'm a humble man. I'm able to talk about <laughs> I guess one of the, the biggest drags on our performance more recently is um, we made a call about 18 24 months ago that we thought with inflation looking the way that it was heading, Mm. a good inflation hedge historically has been gold. So we um, loaded up on a few um, gold equities, one being evolution mining, um, which I'm not sure if you guys have heard of, but EVN is the ticker. And we thought if, you know, historically speaking, if inflation gets out of control, generally gold is a good place to sort of hedge your bets and it, Performs yeah. relatively well in those sorts of environments, and I think that all played out the way that we thought it would. So, inflation's obviously, you know, ripped, and we think it's going to be stickier than what some people think. Mm. Interest rates have followed suit so to try to cool that inflation, but the equities itself and gold have performed really poorly. So, we've actually lost a bit of money on that mm-hmm. on that trade, and I think um, you know, there's a few reasons as to why that is. I think a lot of people that traditionally have Bought gold in those environments, they went to crypto because that's another sort of yeah. so-called <laughs> safe haven, um, yeah. which people have been found out there, but also, you know, costs pressures have come with these gold miners and evolution have certainly felt that um you know there's Mm. a lot of labor issues in new south wales and wa at miners and and their costs just blew out and um yeah so the equities itself got sold off quite aggressively but Mm. in saying that the last month or two they've really recovered and bouncing again i think evolution got down to a dollar 80 and it's Mm. currently now back at about three dollars so yes Mm. we lost a bit of money on that on the way down, but it probably only solidified our conviction um, that once they are able to push through those cost pressures and see the other end, then profitability will come back, and uh, the gold price has held up pretty nicely. So we're reaping the benefits of that position now, but it was uh, painful on the way down.
0: Yeah, well, uh, I'll just chime in quickly, um, Jack. Will and I both hold a company, I'm not sure if you've heard of them, BWX. Ah, <laughs> uh, <they>, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we bought... We we have a group chat on for, for our yeah, listeners. Char- Charlie's
1: idea, by the way. Yeah. Got, me, got, got me, to so, buy it. So
0: so so we have a group chat on Snapchat or whatever, and it's 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 called BWX, and um pretty much we will will myself and this other bloke we put in a bit of money into him. We've gone. Yeah, Mum buys a lot of this souk and stuff, and so so we're re- we're real keen. And then I think and it was going all right. And then a we month a though. month into it, apparently the audits um so the audited financials are going to be delayed. Oh so for three months, and then yesterday it just came out of its trading uh, trading halt. It
3: was like 50% yeah,
0: fifty three percent. Yeah, so look, it's going to be a lean Christmas for Will and I. Yeah, <laughs> you
2: know. well, it's um, to- Give you some credit and all that. Twiggy Forest made a similar decision. That it, it sounds like That,
0: a that time was to pretty you, much right? what motivated, so like, yeah. and partly maybe maybe we should learn not to not to follow everything that um, necessarily wealthy people do because yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they could probably afford to have their losses too. Yeah. And um, yeah, he's had plenty of winners along the way. too. Hasn't yeah, he, yeah, yeah, he, he has. certainly has. But anyway, um, I wanted I wanted to touch on one thing that you said. You said we when you were speaking about um. We made this call on um, on um, the Evolution Gold Mining stock or whatever, and the that, that word "we" in invest in your investment fund is does it go through a process? So when you come up with a stock idea, is it very much fleshed out by everyone? Sort of like, can you speak to that?
2: Yeah, for sure. So you know, we've got an investment team of five here at Lanyon, so. Um, it's very much a team sort of feeling in here. I know of a lot of investment firms where, you know, individuals work in little silos and it's sort
3: of me against you in terms of trying to get a stock into the portfolio and um, mm. it can be quite competitive. Whereas the way
2: that it works here at Lanyon is, um, you know, yeah, as I said, there's a team of five. There's never going to be a situation where one of the analysts is away, chipping away at something for three weeks and turns his um, chair around and says, look, we're going to buy Telstra tomorrow. It's, it, it just doesn't happen to <laughs> It's one of those things that... Yeah. Um, you know, an idea comes up, we sort of come into the little round uh, table in the, the middle of the office and sort of say, look, I've just been thinking, Telstra seems pretty interesting for these reasons, I need to go away and do a hell of a lot more work, but yeah. what do you guys think? And, like, yeah, that sounds really interesting, like I know a bit from my sort of previous workings or dealings in other sort of adjacent sort of companies or industries, mm. um, yeah, maybe have a look at this, look at that, so we're very collaborative in the way that we go through things, and then You know, from that point, you go through a very thorough process of trying to understand the company, um, build out a financial model, meet with the CEO or CFO um you know try to get as much knowledge as we possibly can and then we sit down again and think all right this is where the the market's pricing it right now i think it's worth this amount for all of these reasons we flesh it out stress test everything and um yeah then we come to a team decision where like yeah that's a bloody good idea let's start buying it Mm. um so that's sort of how it works within our four walls and it sort of worked pretty well so you know there's certain people that are uh potentially responsible for certain companies within the portfolio but everybody knows all the details so like for instance about mineral resources i'm not the actual person so to speak that follows that company Mm. um on every announcement i know what's going on but ed one of our analysts knows it in so much more detail than i Mm. but i know enough to know that it's cheap and these are the reasons why we own it these are the catalysts that we think are going to unfold in the future um you know we only sat down on it this morning sort of going through the the details of this gas part of the business and trying to figure out what sort of value it adds to the to the share price or our valuation um so it's very collaborative which i think is one of the greatest and unique parts about Mm landing
1: yeah for sure um if we just take it all the way back to when you were first drafted like when you got that first rookie contract what were you doing with your money were you Thinking of investing it, or like you know, has that has this like idea about you know this elite athlete fund always sort of been within you when you you know first got your contract and thought to invest your money or?
2: Yeah, probably the the concept of the elite athlete fund sort of evolved over that period of time. So when my first paycheck came in from you know the swimming lessons, all the way through to my first. (laughs) Footy contract. I was probably in the mindset of let's say for a deposit for a house. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean that was probably drummed into me from a young age that you want to own your own house, and yeah. so I, that's what I did. I sort of put every dollar into finding, well, I guess coming up with a deposit, and I was actually fortunate enough to buy a house in Melbourne back in two thousand and twelve, which I'm very grateful that I made the decision then because um, property did well over that period, and I've now yeah. sold it and. Um, Yeah, very grateful for that. I guess, you know, it was throughout that period of time. It was 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 the
0: swimming, mainly the swimming money that went to the deposit. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
3: Highly
1: lucrative. (laughs) 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 Well, you have a monopoly out there, mate. There's a a bit of pricing power. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: Not many swimming swimming instructors in (laughs) Narekauk. Yeah, so... And I guess from there, when I started my commerce degree and started to understand um, investing a bit more in the industry, and started just dabbling away myself personally and
3: mm. making some horrible um, mistakes. But I okay. guess that's where you learn. And, yeah. um, yeah, understood, started to
2: understand how beneficial or getting some exposure in equities can be. And I guess it was over that period seeing what other people were doing and understanding sort of, I guess, industry-wide habits. And I thought there's definitely a gap here in the market. It's an industry I'm passionate about, I want to get into. Maybe it's a a career that I can sort of, or career path that I can go down. And I was just investing myself along the way and I thought, you know, why not try to put it in a fund and invest mm. um, mm. like that? So that's where sort of the concept came, and how sort of my passion eventuated and got to where
0: it is today. Yeah. Now you spoke a little bit about Dave Prescott earlier. Can you speak to the value of mentors like him um, to to your, your own career, and maybe even potentially allude to a footy mentor if there is any? Which I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, Dave's been incredible for me.
2: I think. Um, I feel extremely fortunate and, and i'm grateful for the fact that i was randomly introduced to him back when i was because i think what i've sort of come to realize a lot of people in this industry uh when money's involved in an industry there's just a lot of egos around and mm-hmm. um it's hard to come this sound horrible but it's hard to come across really good people who are both intelligent yet they understand life and understand there's got to be a bit of balance in life and yeah um you know i think dave just epitomizes everything of that that i just explained so he's highly intelligent he's been in the industry for 25 plus years Hmm. he's got four kids um a loving family he understands you know, that it's really important for him to go see his boys play footy on a weekend or they've got their sports day or they're, you know, playing the trombone in the school choir. You've got to be <laughs> yeah. there, be present for that. Yeah. So he's not the type of boss like, you've got to be here before me, you're not leaving till after me. He understands yeah. just the way life works and I guess that inherently makes you want to work harder for him anyway because he mm. gives you the respect, you want to give him the respect back. Mm. Um, so he's just been really critical for me in terms of teaching me um, how to invest and what things I should be looking for, but also just that life side of things, just understanding that there's got to be some balance in life. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's an interesting industry in the fact that every day you're learning. Like he's, as I said, a lot more experienced in the industry for me, a lot longer than I have. But mm. even he admits every day he's learning something new. Like you're never there. Like we have this running joke in the in the office that you know saying like, yeah, we're nearly there. Like <laughs> you know, we've nearly made it. But the the greatest thing about this industry, you're never there. Like it's yeah. it's always a, a journey, and you're always learning something new. It just you know, adding more strings to your bow, which is um, really unique. So from that side of things, he's been critical. I guess, you know, footy-wise, had a lot of great people around, but I think someone who probably, you know, doesn't get enough credit, and it's not necessarily about footy, but it's just life in general. Like, my dad's been a massive mentor to me, and I think I've applied a lot of the learnings that he's sort of given me to my sporting career and mm. um once again he's just a very balanced man uh, very kind person mm. treats everyone with respect works bloody hard mm. um, and he's yeah. competitive but just goes about it in the right fashion and I think um yeah, he's been through his ups and downs with adversity and he always comes back stronger and stronger and I think I've sort of utilised a lot of the things that he's obviously imparted on me over the years and applied it to my life which I'm really grateful for and he's a very encouraging person so he never sat there saying from a young age you've got to play AFL he just was up for anything and if I you know, wanted to be a school teacher for the rest of my life or a swimming teacher he'd be like yep yeah, absolutely go for it but mm. Footy was a pathway that I chose, and he just backed me in. So um, he's
0: probably another really key mentor for me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. No, I must say we've never had anyone mention their dad, and that's actually it's a very, very interesting point, and probably speaks to your values as well. And that's yeah, something I think, as you were saying, a lot of, a lot of the time in in finance or business, we can often lose sight of what we're all actually working towards, and that's mm. you know, strong just to live, live better lives, better quality of life, that sort of thing. So, yeah, no, I yeah. really, really appreciate that insight.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so thanks for your time, Jack. This has been great. So the last question we'd like to ask our guests is, what advice would you give to a 20-year-old version of yourself?
2: <sighs> so many things. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess put some money in the Lanyan Elite Athlete Fund. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 I think, um, you know, if, covering off the financial side of things. Um, You know, I feel like I'm fortunate enough to have come out the outside in a relatively good position with good habits. Um, But I've seen many examples of athletes and young individuals don't quite have that same fortune so i guess you know hindsight's a wonderful thing but if i was to sacrifice a couple of my match payments early on in my career and just put them into a fund like this and Mm. just let it grow and push it to the side i'd be um, much better off now and i guess that's some advice is just understand the concept of compounding interest from a younger age because it's seriously powerful when it's working on your side um think you know just in general life advice what i'd tell myself is just uh you know really embrace the challenges that come along in life there's so many that comes from all um, types of situations, whether it be from a health point of view or just something in your career that changes, or you know, relationships, whatever it is, I think the advice that I'd give my 20-year-old self is just to embrace it and see it as a real learning opportunity, um, as opposed to seeing it as a negative. Um, yeah. Because mm. I think you know, every I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason, mm. and it could be the worst situation you could possibly imagine, but there's always got to be a learning out of it, and I think the quicker you're under you're able to appreciate and understand what that learning is the better you're prepared for the next obstacle that comes so um yeah i think just stay balanced and appreciate life for what it is and don't get caught in the rat race of just you know going on to the next big thing because you've got to sit back and smell the roses at times because if you don't then
0: life comes and goes very quickly so um just a
2: general appreciation for life
0: yeah. Wow. Well, I think twenty-year-old Jack had a fair bit going on at the time, and he still does. And, uh, I think. Um, oh, I don't, don't know your exact date. I'm trying to do some quick mental maths here, but yeah, I think. 30-odd-year-old 30, 30 Jack also has a fair yeah, bit going on. I'm uh, over the hill. Yep, there yeah, there we go. The so 31-year-old Jack's got a bit going on as well. So uh, <laughs> thank you very much for your time today, Jack. We really appreciate it. And um, we wish you the best of luck for the rest of the year and have a great Christmas and New Year. Yeah,
1: good luck, Jack. Thanks, boys. Same to you. Cheers, Cheers thank you. Thank you for listening to The Business Of. If you enjoyed the show... Please consider rating and following us on your chosen podcast platform, LinkedIn and Instagram, as it helps others find us.